Welcome to the Rural Futures Institute at the University of Nebraska. I'm Chuck Schroeder, I'm Executive Director of the Institute, and this is our weekly get-together with difference makers in rural Nebraska and rural America that we call Catch Up with Chuck. So I have to tell you, today I have with me a guy that I've looked forward to having in this chair, one of the most interesting people in the world as far as I'm concerned, uh, Gary Clark who is the executive director of the Greater Fremont Development Council in Fremont, Nebraska. Gary, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Chuck. I appreciate it. Well, this is going to be fun. Okay, so, Gary, your story is anything but what one would expect of a young professional that's now here making a difference in rural Nebraska and investing yourself in development of rural regions. So. I want you to help our audience understand why I was so excited about okay. uh, having you on the program. I want you to tell a little bit about your upbringing and the track that brought you to Nebraska. You, you're here by choice, not yes. by chance. Yes. Um, well, I started off uh, in Washington, D.C. That was my hometown. That's where I was born and raised and grew up in the 80s and it was a rough upbringing for me and my family. My, both my parents had uh, some struggles with uh, abuse and, and also with some some huge drug abuse and, and so it painted a picture that was really difficult for us in that community. Uh, luckily though my mother uh, was very strong and had resolve and she when she got clean and she had removed drugs from her life uh, it turned for me. She came home one day with an application my uh, senior year of high school, I was a struggling student, and she said, I have two pamphlets here. I had just lost my opportunity to get a scholarship, full scholarship to American University in Washington, D.C., and she had Midland College and Dana College in her hand. And I took the applications, I flew sight unseen, in August of 1999 to Nebraska. You were an outstanding athlete. Mm -hmm. I mean, you had, yeah, you had yeah. some assets that uh -huh. <laughs> and helped that process. So sight unseen, I, we decided that I was going to go to college in Nebraska and the rest of my life just changed from there. I became a national champion at Dana College uh, and a Hall of Fame runner uh, just prior to them closing. And so it was a tremendous experience for me, and it was a catalyst for me to find out what rural life was, and it had given me so much that after going to graduate school and at the University of Nebraska in Omaha, mm -hmm. and going off and becoming a city planner in Florida and back in D.C., Washington, D.C., downtown, uh, my family and I, we decided to raise our kids back here in the heartland. A lot of that was uh, due to the fact that I had such a great experience. I just I think that's such a powerful story. When people think about why rural, why now, mm -hmm. um, it isn't just a matter of oh gee those poor buggers out there in those mm -hmm. small towns need help. There's there's something special about those communities and the oh, yeah. and the values proposition that they can create for a family right. like Gary Clark's. I I think is just such an important story. So, well listen. Uh, beginning with your economic development role in Cumming County, when we think oh, yeah. about Nebraska mm -hmm. at least, yep. which is a is one of our favorite partner regions for the Rural mm -hmm. Futures Institute. We've, we've had a lot of fun up there. 
you really have become one of Nebraska's most respected young professionals. Thank you. And it's it's been fun to to know you in that regard. You're a smart, talented guy who you could be successful anywhere. And mm -hmm. obviously, and you've demonstrated, mm -hmm. you've lived other places, but you've made this conscious choice to live and work and grow your family right here in rural Nebraska. Mm -hmm. uh, you've talked a little bit about again that values proposition but I'd like to know more about that story were there were there key mentors involved that uh, helped drive you to that one to make the decision to come back I mean you oh yeah you you'd gone to the big city mm -hmm. and could have decided you know this is where my opportunity is yeah yeah definitely uh, mentors from a college perspective uh, one of my largest mentors was uh, Robert Blair dr. Robert Blair uh, Bob Blair sure uh, at the University of Nebraska Omaha. Who's been a fellow with us, as a matter yes. of fact. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I remember reaching out to him and saying, hey, my family and I are thinking about moving back, getting closer to, to my wife's side of the family, which is in Oakland, Iowa. And he sent me some information on potential openings. And then I found out about Cumming County through that uh, avenue. But before that even, uh, Dr. Ethel Williams was one of those people who was a mentor to me, uh, Dr. John Bartle at, sure. at the uni University of Nebraska at Omaha, and then at Dana College. Uh, I had a lot of mentors that just gave me an opening to my life and understanding about opportunities uh, that I would not have had if I hadn't come and got on that plane, sight unseen, and come to Nebraska. You know, that, that relationship that is established so often with faculty members. I mean, I can tell you the number of young professionals and others that we encounter in actually in various walks of life who will talk about Bob Blair and mm -hmm. John Bartle. Mm -hmm. those, those guys have invested so much of themselves personally in saying, I want you to be successful. Right. And it's, uh, it's, it's a difference maker. You know, the truth though is, is that even at the small college level, at Dana College, uh, there was a gentleman by the name of Dr. Frank Taylor at, mm -hmm. in the sociology department and a doctor and professor by the name of Laura Lamar and uh, Jan Potter. Those people from Dana College, they really inspired me to be an excellent student in college and get on the dean's list uh, from being a 2.0 GPA high school <laughs> student to the dean's list several times. Um, so it was a community, you know, a community of people and in, in investing in me for no reason other than to see me succeed. So it was an awesome experience. Wow, it's a, it's a great story. Well, listen, you're a genuine activator. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, one of my first experiences when I came to the Rural Futures Institute uh, going on five years ago was my first engagement with Connecting Young Nebraska. Yes. You were very much a part of uh, creating that network that now includes hundreds of young professionals mm -hmm. outside of Lincoln and Omaha that Definitely. collaborate, commiserate, mm -hmm. uh, partner to make the world a better place. I want you to talk a little bit about what drives Gary Clark to invest yourself so heavily in other people, in building communities, yeah. all right, but I just, I've watched you mm -hmm. encourage other aspiring young business professionals to see the opportunity in those yes. communities and think about what that means to them personally, right. not just writ large up here uh, under economic opportunity. Yeah. Uh, you've, you've told that story. I, I want to hear what drives you to do that. Oh, this is, Chuck, this is such a passionate personal message for me uh, because I believe that 
rural life saved my life, you know. And so when I see young professionals thinking about, well, where should I locate? Where should I raise my family? And I've had such a great experience in West Point, Nebraska, in Fremont now, and even in the larger metropolitan areas that are just surrounding uh, these rural oases of hope, you know, that we have. And so I would have to say that number one, it's about the passion of making sure that people know that their livelihood can be changed dramatically when they decide to make a decision to invest in a rural place. And that those rural places and those people, they invest back in you the same. And that's an experience I've had. So I just want the same opportunity for those people who grew up like me or who grew up in a different format or who grew up in rural places and want to go back. I just say there's so much opportunity there for advancement, for growth, uh, for leadership that uh, you can't experience that in other places the same. And so take a look at this rural life and enjoy it because it's, it's an opportunity for you and your family to, to flourish. Well, you are, you are one human being who's not only language, but your life has been a very articulate message uh, on behalf of rural communities. And, uh, and I just, I've just seen you touch people in a way that uh, I think is so important. So thank you. Uh, we're, we're proud of you. So, okay, now you're providing leadership mm -hmm. in one of Nebraska's really important micropolitan communities. That's right. Uh, the Rural Futures Institute has invested in research mm -hmm. involving faculty at uh, your alma mater at UNO as well as here at UNL looking at the impact yeah. of these micropolitan communities on a much larger rural region. Yes. And uh, we've had folks say to us, well, why would you study a Fremont or a Columbus or whatever? You know, they're not rural. Well, actually, in the grand scheme of things, they really are rural. Mm -hmm. But their influence uh, is so powerful. So um, I'd like for you to talk about your perspective now okay. on uh, your new home yeah. in Fremont. Interesting community that's, yes. that's faced challenges, mm -hmm. but is a beautiful, thriving community that has had strong leadership over time. So tell us your outlook. Well, I think Fremont and Dodge County, it has such an opportunity to impact the neighboring communities, uh, the Scriveners, the North Bends, even in Cumming County and West Point, it has that reach to reach sure. those communities. And one of the things that's happening today is that we have a lot of young, vibrant business people moving back or wanting to move to Fremont and Dodge County. Uh, we have businesses that are locating there uh, that will impact people's jobs and their careers. And so what we're trying to do is make sure that we are inclusive and that we put our picture and our message to the world that you know we are more than just a micropolitan community that we are actually a catalyst for change and growth so that happens with uh, spurring opportunities for businesses and for families to find housing uh, we just re received uh, 1.8 million dollars from the state and local community for workforce housing recently hmm. and so that's going to help to sustain a revolving fund that can establish housing opportunities for people looking for places to live. And so Fremont, while it has had its challenges in, in different and various areas, we have an opportunity to shift that narrative because there's so much energy and activity happening. And I think we have a cluster of leaders 
that don't want to sit on their on their seats or rest on their laurels. They want to see growth and activity. And so that's what we've been willing to do with the Greater Fremont Development Council is create planning and development opportunities for everyone. And that's going to impact a whole region. We're not just thinking of ourselves. Well, you, you touched on something that I think is so important for people to understand about the community of Fremont, and that is uh, the core of leadership. Mm -hmm. that you, you and I were talking about this mm -hmm. a little bit before we started here. And, uh, you know, Scott Getzman, your mayor, mm -hmm. I, is a guy that I've used as an example Definitely. of someone who gets up every day mm -hmm. and serves in that public service role simply because he loves the community right. and is willing to sacrifice. Yes. Um, take some risks and by the way provide the leadership necessary to to move in a positive direction but mm -hmm. uh, Charlie Deers yep. uh, his daughter Maggie mm -hmm. uh, that we just love uh, your new president at Midland yes. Jody Horner mm -hmm. is uh, is a phenomenal human being right uh, she and I go back to mutual friends in the meat industry where, mm -hmm. where she came along but you just you do have those leaders in Definitely. education business economic development that um, really have a dynamic vision for what the community can be. Mm -hmm. And I think, uh, you know, we I, if, in a community of 180, mm -hmm. uh, it is the same yes. as in a community of several thousand. Mm -hmm. It all comes down to leadership and people deciding we're not okay with uh, where we are. We know right. where we'd like to go. We're willing to invest right. ourselves and our resources in our community. And that's, uh, mm. that's where those thriving communities come from. Awesome. So I, I'm just, I'm pleased with your leadership there. Well, listen, uh, uh, Washington, D.C. native, <laughs> we can't have you on Catch Up with Chuck and not talk about the rural-urban divide. Right. I'm, uh, my career, I'm 67 years old, and uh, through the course of my lifetime, we've talked about the challenges of the rural-urban divide my whole mm -hmm. life, whether that's here in Nebraska, yeah whether it's across the U.S., you can go to countries around the world right. and hear that same story. You're a guy that is dealing with that rural-urban divide every day. Talk a little bit about your view and vision and, and what we need to do to continue to build toward a yeah. uh, more mutually supportive <laughs> environment. Yeah, I, I see Rural Futures Institute as one of the models for that. Some of the programs that you've talked about, uh, they, they tie directly with what I think my vision would be, and that is telling our story, number one, that young families that live in urban areas are aware of the opportunities. And so having an organization like this is imperative for growth and opportunities and bridging that gap. Um, but also, I think about technology. I think about the advances. I think sure. about the fact that we are not uh, one monolithic group. We all have diverse opinions about things. But in order for urban America to thrive, they need rural America to thrive. And the same is true on the opposite side. Rural America needs urban America. So we have to communicate, but we also have to share stories. And, and share these types of stories and, and share that there can be an opportunity for growth. So I think the expansion and growth of technology so that we have uh, Wi-Fi that is working in our rural yes. communities, <laughs> that we have opportunities for businesses, and that's been a growth of NTCA and other organizations right. on the federal level. 
I really think that there's going to be an opportunity for a boom of rural and urban connectivity because of the advancement of technology. So that's where we'd start. And I think telling our story and investing in building true relationships with urban, urban people and not just uh, uh, video, but also engaging in those forums. Yes. That's key. Yeah. You know, I just think, you know, uh, President Eisenhower started the People to People program back in the 50s mm -hmm. uh, and recognizing the power of relationships. Mm -hmm people-to-people -people relationships, not yep. just reading about each other and mm -hmm. creating opinions, but actually getting to know each other, look each other in the eye, talk about issues, yes. and finding out uh, what's great commonality we have as human beings on this planet, and mm -hmm. I, I, I think you're spot on. Well, listen, I, I just want to say, Gary, that we've counted uh, among our treasures at the Rural Futures Institute the opportunity to get to know you oh, wow. and work with you in uh, in various capacities now and in, in three chapters of your career yeah. uh, here in Nebraska. So in our quest to achieve a thriving, high-touch, high-tech future for rural Nebraska and the Great Plains, we think relationships with people like you and, and, and being able to encourage you, learn from you, mm -hmm. draw from you is, uh, is, is pretty important to this work. Anything you'd like to add this morning? I just want to thank you all for having me here and I thank you all for the work that you do and just continue to invest in us and, and we'll continue to invest in rural America. So, thank you. Thank you. This has been a treat. Well listen, we invite you to stay in touch with the Rural Futures Institute through Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and LinkedIn and all of those wonderful tools, as well as our website, where, by the way, you can see other episodes of Catch Up with Chuck if you'd like to review some of those. We'll be back next week talking with real people about real places that demonstrate that thriving rural communities are a great choice for worthwhile living. Thanks for joining us.